This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina, and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. Guys, we've made it. We've finally, finally, finally gotten through another summer. Oh my God. Is it technically over? Is that how that works? (laughs) As we record right now, we're currently in the last week of August. Sweet September is just around the corner, and it's approximately four seconds of fall that we have now. I was about to say, like, this is is only in the technical sense the end of summer. Yep, yep, yep. We now live in perma-summer. Summer Summer is forever now. (laughs) And winter is coming. Today's bad idea is climate change. Yep. Uh, No, 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 no. That is a very bad idea, but it's not the one we're talking about today. Um, This is the show where we find some bad ideas that people had um, and we bring them onto the show where we give ourselves just 10 very short minutes to try to figure out how to turn them into a good movie idea or a good pitch for a book or a good pitch for a comic book or a good pitch for something. Uh, Zach, Sarah, are you guys ready to jump into our first bad idea today? So ready. All righty. Well... There will be a link to this article in case you would like to read along with this bad idea to your listeners. It will be in the episode description. Before we jump into it, though, Zach, Sarah, I want to play a quick guessing game with the two of you. Okay. Sure. So this bad idea involves a fist fight that occurred on board an airplane. Okay. While the airplane was in the middle of the air. Okay. Uh, would you like to guess what the two parties involved were in this fist fight? I mean, for maximum comedy, pilot and co-pilot. That is exactly correct. Oh. The gods of maximum comedy have smiled upon you, Sarah Shackett. God. Uh, this is podcast, so no one saw me do finger guns. But <laughs> let the record show. Oh, they were I did there. some finger guns. They, they were, were there. Gunned. And the rest of the record reads from the BBC... Two Air France pilots suspended <laughs> after cockpit fistfight. Fuck. This is the Cabin uh, Pressure sequel we've yeah, the all been reboot. waiting for. <laughs> My God. Uh, two Air France pilots have been suspended after a physical altercation in the cockpit, reports say. The pilot and co-pilot exchanged blows as they flew an Airbus A320 from Geneva to Paris in June, Swiss news outlet La Tribune said. Wow. Members of the cabin crew intervened after hearing the noise. One crew member stayed in the cockpit until the flight landed safely. They basically had to put like, one of them in a timeout zone. <laughs> Wow. Uh, the incident did not affect the flight. The airline told La Tribune, I cannot possibly imagine that to be completely true. 
The incident comes after a report published by France's air investigation body on Tuesday said that the airline had a culture which lacked rigor when it came to safety procedures. I Always find that very hard hear. to believe. Yeah. Jesus. Other articles that covered this specified that the fist fight happened as the plane was landing, which I think just kind of like adds to the absurdity of this horrible tableau. Oh, God. That's um, like the one time the pilots do things. That, yeah, that they were the the really, the really, really necessary. Yeah. Yep. Uh, however, the more official reports don't include that detail. So, uh, you know, do with that as you will. Sure, sure. Um, but that is what I have for you. I bring you two pilots walk into an airplane, take off, and sometime later, something makes them break out into a fist fight in the cockpit. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to set this 10-minute timer, and we're going to get going. Man, Harold Pinter wishes the new UFC franchise plane fights. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right. Um, I just remember growing up, um, there was a horrible uh, franchise uh, exploitative AF uh, called Bum Fights, which is, as you can imagine, what is on oh. the tin. Um, Whoa, that's don't like awful. It. Oh, yeah, brutal. Um, and so I'm just imagining pilot fights, um, the <laughs> underground sensation that sweeps the nation. Um, or as it might be, really overground, way, way up. above the ground yeah. sensation yeah. that is sweeping uh, the nation. Um, In the stratosphere. Yeah, so this is... This is uh, uh, I, I guess like a, the third permutation of this is like the fight club in the sky, sky club. Skype club. <laughs> a very different Mile High club. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh, hate it. Yep. I hate it, too. What do you got, Sarah? Um, I'm, I'm still kind of thinking because like the we've already the, the real life did maximum comedy. So we have yeah. nowhere to go. <laughs> they, they, they had a fistfight while they were landing. Like you can't you can't escalate that further. Oh, um, man. I think so, that what I think that what you could do, and you mentioned in passing Harold Pinter earlier, Sarah. But you, like you, you know, you anticipate where I was about to go. Yeah, like you could do something where you know, and it would be a play, unfortunately. It would, but be. it would be something like you know, you open with a report of exactly this, and then you go like you know six hours earlier mm -hmm. and you see you know the two pilots get onto the plane and they are the best of friends they are so good they are asking about how each other's child's little league games are going yeah god just parents getting, to each other's children just getting along so well yeah and then the plane takes off and it's just kind of you just know that somehow, somewhere, this conversation ends in a fist fight, but you don't know where. And then, you know, then it's the suspense movie of the summer or the fall, as the case may be. No, it's a very fall movie. And I think, um, oh, God, I'm blanking on both of their names. Colin um, Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. That's the people you're thinking no, of. We're not going to. <laughs> Martin McDonough is busy. He's got a movie with both of them anyway. Um, no, I was going to say Christoph Waltz. Um, oh, oh. And, and possibly... Possibly Jude Law. I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking about these two guys. I'm thinking about who they are. It's it's Waltz and DiCaprio. I think would yeah. be a better that's a better boxing match. That's that that is a good boxing match. And DiCaprio wants to do comedy. There you go, baby. I I I I saw Don't Look Up. He wants to do comedy. Mm -hmm. There you don't go, baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but 
but yeah, and and the the only other way I could see you know that that going is you know a twist similar to the first short in Wild Tales, where you have a bunch of people on um, an airplane and they slowly realize that they're all connected. Yeah. Um, and you know you could also expand it out of like there's there's relationships that are not what they seem throughout the plane and it's sort of a cascading um domino effect that leads to this fist fight but we're not quite sure how it all works so it's it's kind of a um comedy suspense uh combo fair fair i dig it i dig it i, I i'd like to turn our collective sauron eye towards um <laughs> the motivation sauron eye turning what is it that brings people to fisticuffs um, that's a great question because yeah. like that's like a very visceral kind of anger um to like get <laughs> so angry that you momentarily put not only yourself but many other people in danger just because you need to punch this motherfucker in the teeth right now oh my god I mean, I feel like there's like the gas out of the t tire or air out of the tire, like kind of let down that works for like as far as a feature that works in TV where it's sort of a black mirror esque, you know, um, there's they're being threatened and they have to do it to like not have some other horrible um, thing to do. Right, like um, they want to get in touch with ATC and instead it's, you know, the voice that is saying, like, you know, we have taken control of the cockpit camera. <laughs> you know, we have taken control of the autopilot. If you don't do what we're saying, we will crash this plane into the ocean or whatever. Exactly. But then there's also the, like, like one of them has a grudge against the other for a lot, you know, sort of just the, the slow burn Re revenge thing and right DiCaprio can finally do like a more streamlined version of Gangs of New York where he just infiltrates <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have any of the other bullshit <laughs> I love you Gangs of New York <laughs> I mean you would need to get Daniel Day-Lewis back yeah if you're doing if you're going in that direction now you that's an it. SNL skit we're done with that sure um, sure sure <laughs> no but um yeah, I, I do like the idea of subverting somehow the expectation of, oh, they must get so angry that they they start punching each other. Um, I do like that um, because it's a very confined space. I don't know, like you have like real emotional 20 year old baggage would have to get tossed around on a 20 year old baggage note. Can we get a, a, a check? Has anybody rebooted Highlander recently? Not recently, baby. Not recently. I don't think so. Fight for immortality. There can only be one. <laughs> this happens to take place on a plane. <laughs> I think the other possibility that comes into my mind is you change the airplane so that it's not a passenger airline. It's mm. a private airplane and they're mm. flying a millionaire from whatever London to Miami because he's has a new show opening over there. Um but it's this idle, bored millionaire. And so he comes into the cockpit and they're kind of like, oh, sir, you can't be up here. He kind of goes, I'll give you both $1,000 right now if you just let me hang out here. And they kind of go, oh, all right. And then it's, you know, mm, you know what, Johnson, if you punch Richards in the back of the neck right now, I'll give you $100. Um, and he just kind of like goads them into these mm. like little transgressions. And then it all finally like 
bursts out. Or, or like they fight each other to sort of sabotage the millionaire and like one up him, basically. No, in my mind, the way that it was going, it was kind of just like, you know, look like, you know, you spend you get punched enough times and you spend enough time getting laughed at by two people that eventually you will get genuinely angry. Um, um, so it's not both ways. It's just he tells one person to punch the other one. It, it, it could work out both ways. The thing that this is trying to engineer is just taking out the need for one of them to have been sleeping with the other significant partner sure, or something sure. like that. Like, you know something that gets them going through the motions of the fight, which I guess is another way of kind of getting that black mirror version, but the person is now on the plane with them which instead I like, of honestly. on the ground. Because then there's there's a there's an adversary that can kind of be fought, um, if not with fisticuffs, then, you know, the pilots can kind of figure out why this millionaire is doing this um, and, and try and find the line to get them to back down, including like landing the plane while no one is landing the plane. <laughs> right, right, right. Or they can like use their knees while doing this to like angle the plane towards the flight control tower, said millionaire is like broadcasting from. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of good possibilities here. There's a minute right now left on the clock. Okay. Um, where does it all go? And I mean, most important of all, what is it called? I mean, I, well, we can't write this. Um, we have to give it to John Finnamore, so it can be called Cabin Pressure. Um, no, that already that already exists. Just just cast um, them. What's what's <laughs> Roger Allen doing? <laughs> I think being an opera singer. Fine. Um, yeah, what's what is this called? Um, Red Eye. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Brilliant, Zach. That's really good. That is phenomenal. Not the most original title of movies, but fitting for the subject we'll matter. We'll, we'll reclaim it from that Killian Murphy Rachel McAdams oh, horror right. movie. Yeah. Uh, poor Rachel McAdams. Anyway. <laughs> and on that note, that is time. Ah, goddamn. Well, wow. Wow. I don't feel bad about not having taken a plane in many years. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> or I feel yes, less bad about man. it. <laughs> you didn't die of COVID. You died of the airplane pilots having a fist fight on oh. the, in the cockpit. For Christ. Louise. Oh, my gosh. So excited to go home for Thanksgiving now. Hooray. 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 Uh. Well, on that note... We're going to go take a break and see if we can't cancel some <laughs> flights. And we'll be right back after this. Hello there, Zach Valenti, jumping into this episode with this brief reminder that we have an active Patreon page to support the production of No Bad Ideas and all the other crazy worlds we're building behind the scenes. To check that out, scope the sweet rewards we offer for monthly subscriptions, as well as how to sign up yourself. Head on over to nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. Once more, that's nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. If you already support the show, we so appreciate that. And regardless, thank you for listening. All right, let's get back to more No Bad Ideas. 
And welcome back, everybody. Just a friendly reminder, get that travel insurance when you book your flights. Wait, um, wait, wait. I'm still on hold with Delta. Give me another <laughs> moment, guys. <laughs> uh, so I am here to uh, bring us on our next leg of this week's tour de badness. Um, and venture with me, if you will, to Newsweek.com for this. Can, can, can we just stop for a moment to marvel at Tour Do Badness? That's kind of amazing. <laughs> we may need to change the name of the show. <laughs> Buys domain I, name. I admire this admirable stalling tactic. <laughs> um, please, please come with me into okay. a, uh, a labor rights violation. Um, oh, no. For oh, no. the ages. Uh, McDonald's customers shocked to see children supposedly working drive through This is fresh mm-hmm. off the press just from a couple days Ooh. ago. Cool. Nathan Pitts and Annette Cardwell were looking forward to late-night McDonald's when they stumbled across the disturbing sight. Young children behind the drive through counter. Quote, we were Ooh. appalled and couldn't believe what we were seeing, Cardwell told Newsweek. Pitts and Cardwell captured what looked like children working at a drive-thru in Louisville, Kentucky on Sunday night. Pitts's video has been viewed 35,000 times on Facebook. It's not the first time McDonald's has caught the limelight for workplace issues involving minors. In 2020, six McDonald's restaurants in Louisville found themselves in hot water over child labor violations, according to WDRB, as a result of a U.S. Department of Labor investigation, a McDonald's franchisee paid nearly $50,000 for violating federal child labor laws. The violations were announced shortly after Mana Inc., a Kentucky-based restaurant franchising company, uh, was hit with a $157,114 fine for similar violations. Federal investigators found that 14 and 15 year olds were working outside of normal business hours at Wendy's and Fazuli's restaurants across nine states. This time, though, Pitts and Cardwell didn't see 14 and 15 year olds. Quote, they got little kids working at the drive through over here on McDonald's on Taylor Boulevard, Pitts said while filming children walking around behind the window. They ain't no older than 10 years old. This is ridiculous. And you wonder why the line is wrapped around because they got these little kids. Cardwell said she was so perturbed that she didn't even want her food anymore, while Pitts pointed out that one boy's head barely reached the window. Quote, look how he's stirring the, oh no, oh no, the tea, Pitt said. And <laughs> the couple the demanded a refund, saying they refused to pay for food handled by children. And there is a video of the tea wow. uh, and the rest of this uh, through the link. Uh, I don't recommend it. Um, McDonald's told Newsweek in a statement, quote, we are aware of the incident and can confirm that the minors shown in the video are not employees of the restaurant. They are children of some of our employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Quote, while we are proud to employ many parents and caregivers and understand that sometimes kids may visit a parent's workplace, minors who are not employees are not permitted behind the counter. We've taken action to ensure that all of our employees are reminded of our policies regarding visitors. Still, the fact that minors were not employed by McDonald's hardly soothed the customers who still witnessed the children preparing and serving their order. Quote, they were making drinks while wiping snot from their noses while looking exhausted, uh. Cardwell said. <laughs> and when we pulled to the second window, the little girl handed me my drinks and proceeded to the back while her brother was stirring my, up my tea. And with that, 
really, really disturbing image. I just put 10 minutes on the clock. Great, 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 to, great. Uh, hopefully make something entertaining and less traumatizing out of this dark view into the hellscape of our uh, corporate food service. Well, you can think of it as marketing for Boss Baby 3. Yay! <laughs> I was about to say, I think that like my first take on this is like a Freaky Friday style mm-hmm. kind of, you know, all the people that work at a McDonald's, they wake up one day and they've switched bodies with their children. Mm-hmm. And it's the day of an important evaluation by someone that has the power to determine whether this McDonald's that is their source of livelihood will continue running or not. Um, and so the children now in the adults' bodies need to kind of get it together and get through a day of it is the first place where my mind goes to have to not confront directly the reality of little children working at a McDonald's. I went with uh, Rick Moranis' uh, shrink ray. The adults become their child selves, but I went to a very similar place. Yeah, like uh, like that is kind of like the interface. Like there needs to be some element of some magical thing is making adults be kids, kids be adults, because otherwise this is just fucking sad. Right, like a, a nega big. Yeah. Even even when that happens, I don't know, like there needs to be some non work reason why they're why they're hanging out in a McDonald's because I, yeah. I don't I don't want capitalism to continue in the middle of such a crisis. No. And I mean, like, it doesn't need to be a McDonald's. It could be a diner or something. Sure. Um, Love and, a diner. Yeah. Like, you know, something has been in the family for three generations um, of the people that own it. You know, like it doesn't need to kind of be direct advertisement for um, the Golden Arches. (laughs) But you're right, Sarah, that there kind of needs to be some crux there that is the reason why the magic metaphor-ness is coming in. Yeah, and Big already exists, so we can't do that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that we could put it in, like, a fantasy realm. And, so, you know, someone, um, lots of people go off and, and fight monsters and whatever, and someone is like, I would just like to run an inn, please. <laughs> and and it's, it's about uh, sort of, you know, like, a serious kid who just wants to, like, have routine and stability and, you know, people thrust into environments that make them uncomfortable. And we all learn something uh, about trying things outside of our comfort zones. I am trying to get as far away from McDonald's as I possibly can. (laughs) Uh, So please stop me. You are running into a different reality. Yes, I absolutely am. Maybe this is, you know, uh, anthropomorphic animals like let's let's go all the way <laughs> that just raises more questions about what's in the burger so that, that, that's maybe a step too far so let's maybe go back a step from that um and into the fantasy realm perhaps yeah i like this family diner too we can we can go back a little bit further yeah the thing I think that we are missing is sort of that, like, is it that the kids want to be included in their parents' lives and their mm-hmm. parents are too busy with work to give them the time to do that? Is it that the parents are feeling, you know, 
jealous of their kids' carefree lives and feel that they're stuck kind of in like dead end in this dead end place yeah. where they don't have fun anymore. Maybe both of the above. Um, I, I, I'm I'm compelled by the latter because the idea of like parent child jealousy is not something I see a lot. And it's interesting sure. to me of just like there's a little bit of resentment of like my life is so closed. I don't have weekends anymore. Um, it's all for you, you ungraceful little snot. And having that swap happen where like it backfires spectacularly because the kid, the kids who now have to run the diner find a way to make it fun. And mm -hmm. find a way to to bring joy to it. And the parents have to realize, like, this is all a matter of perspective, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just don't know the mechanism that makes this happen. Oh, a wizard did oh. it. You know, that's that's the easy <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> We're making those shirts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, I we mean, are. I mean... In the Lindsay Lohan Freaky Friday, sure. if I remember correctly, it's a magic fortune cookie. The bar is underground cool. in terms of, you cool, know, cool, believable cool, 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 cool. mechanisms for making the switch happen. You know, somebody wishes upon a star, somebody tosses a coin into a fountain, whatever, you know, like, I think that it can be real loose. Okay. Uh, speaking of loose, though, how much time do we have left for this? Four minutes on the clock. Jesus. Okay. okay, great. Uh, lots of time then. Okay, here's my next question. How many people are switching? You know, is this kind of like a tiny diner where it is kind of, you know, just like a cook that is also the owner, his prep boy, the bus boy, and one waiter? Or is it kind of, you know, a bigger establishment that will require somewhere in the range of like 10 to 20 people? I don't think that it can get any bigger than that without it being a different sort of a thing. You At don't that want point, kids we need to be serving movie. the Savoy? <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I think mean, it's... now that it's been presented to me as the special, <laughs> I'm kind of tempted. I think it's a, it's it's probably four or five people, um, <laughs> you know, who who swap total. Um, and I think you know there can be like you know in Gravity Falls turns like a Stan who stays the same because obviously the magic would not affect them. I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I mean, this may not be mutually incompatible with the person that stays the same, but I was just thinking that maybe there is, say, like the dishwasher, mm -hmm. like whoever is at the bottom of the totem pole of responsibility. Everyone is like, OK, well, at the very least, Bill will be OK because Bill doesn't have children. You know, Bill is yeah. single, no kids. He'll be fine. And when they get there, they are horrified to realize that Bill has instead swapped places with his 88 year old father. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. You know, like it's one of those like the swap is just like, look, if it's not the one, it's the happens. other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of have this like, you know, very out of it old man in the body of this, you know, 23 year old or whatever. I love that because because Bill deserves a break. Damn sure. It. The man works like yeah. a dog. Yeah. First, they try and solve the swap and they don't worry yes. about the restaurant. And then slowly uh, they come to realize that, like, they need to handle the dinner rush in order to lure back the wizard, yeah. you know, sell the final Pop-Tart, whatever it is. They realize that, yeah, that the wish was cast on, like, the peak rush hour moment in the diner. Yeah. 
Um, and they can't just cast another wish. They need to recreate those conditions as close as possible for it to take effect. I guess they visit their town's local magic expert <laughs> and kind of get this explained to them. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Loose. We'll keep it loose. It'll be loose. It's cool. Bill's dad is a wizard, guys. This, this is easy. <laughs> I do like that because then you have kind of, you know, like the youngest guy being the guy that, you know, is explaining these things. Yeah. In the um, 40 seconds you have left, what is it called? Um, 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 substitution or something like that. Like um, something about changing one food for another yeah, or um, yeah. dish of the day. Um, the something special, special the diner, yeah. the moonlight, um, something. Um, key lime pie. I don't know. <laughs> uh, are, are there any foods that come in twos or that are, you know, coffee and a donut? I don't know. Uh, um, uh, yeah. yeah, dinner and a show. This. Dinner and a show is my favorite of the things <laughs> we have so far. So I'm gonna go with that. And okay. that's time. Boom! Cracked it. Solved it. <laughs> this is absolutely an episode of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I think I will headcanon the name of this episode as, or of this uh, idea as uh, Escape from the Bad McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking the consequence if it all goes poorly is that the diner will be demolished and they will put yes. a McDonald's in its place. Oof, exactly. That I think is how we can bring it back. God damn. Well, well done. You did it. You escaped the bad McDonald's. Right. Apologies for the badness of this one. You know, beforehand, it was advertised as it is going to make us want to get into a plane and fly into the sun. <laughs> delivered. I yeah. have, I, yep, I feel that the promise has been delivered upon. I would take a curtsy if I thought it was a good thing. <laughs> This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show happen. And a special shout out to our idealist members, Jennifer Schneider, Rena Sarame, Jeffrey Felsher, and Dia. Today's episode features music by Statesher and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you love this show, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen and share it with someone you love.